0: Okay, okay, we've got five, Sandy, four, Anya, three, two, and one!
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Red Room. My name's Sandy. And I'm Anya. This is our debut podcast. No idea what we're doing, but we're very excited to be doing it. So the idea behind the whole, the whole thing, right, Anya, is that we spend our lives... Teaching classes at Barry's, obviously, we always say people come and start training at Barry's for one thing and then maybe stay for something completely different. And I guess over the course of this series, we're going to tap into that.
2: So today on our first episode of The Red Room, we are honoured to have Vicky Jenkins, who is an NHS doctor. She is working on the front lines fighting against COVID-19, but she also used to be a Barry's desker. Obviously, we've pre-recorded this, so information is changing daily.
1: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of The Red Room with Annie Lahiri and me, Sandy McCaskill.
2: We began working on this podcast at the end of last year and you know what, we've got so many incredible episodes coming for you, but in the current climate, with everything going on, we felt that it was super important to start with this one.
1: Of course, we are following government advice and are staying at home and we're speaking remotely with the amazing NHS doctor, Vicky Jenkins, but... Vicky uh, also used to work for us pretty much from day one. Well, not quite from day one, because you started as a a client. You made the transition pretty quickly inside the crazy thing that is Barry's UK.
0: No, I think it was only a couple of weeks before I started working for you. You only lasted a couple of weeks. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Vicky was slightly notorious because she was always the girl behind the desk in flip-flops Only Vicky yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah doc- Dr Jenkins as we've just decided to call you is uh, is our first guest so Vicky thank-, thank you so much for joining us and uh, correct me if I'm wrong you- you've literally just come out of your shift is that right I, ha-
0: I have yeah so if I fall asleep please forgive me
1: <laughs> so we should put some context in this it's 11 currently 11.15 because we've been faffing around for 15 minutes but it's 11.15 Saturday morning um, yeah, and you just come back home after doing your uh, your shift at... Uh, where, are, where are you these days, Vicky?
0: So I'm at a hospital in East London, and so I'm working in intensive care there at the moment, which is all a little bit crazy,
2: as you can imagine. Yeah. I've heard lots about Vicky's life previous to, obviously, coronavirus, and it sounded intense and crazy at the best of times. Um, but obviously, Vicky's one of the frontliners who we were all clapping for on Friday night. She's amazing. She's not sleeping at the moment, but... Tell us a little bit more about what life is like for you at the moment, Vicky.
0: Well, I mean, I've never really seen anything like this before. I don't think anybody working in the NHS has. It's just crazy. I mean, there's huge, huge changes have happened. And I think, oh, I don't know, we're doing a great job trying to make changes happen and things are, are incredible on the front line. But it, it's quite scary, actually. Um, it's quite scary seeing so many people coming in that are actually fitting well before and they're coming in and they are really an extremist. So I don't know, it's unprecedented times and it's going to carry on for a bit longer than I think we all imagined.
1: Vicky. So last night I was sitting, having a dinner with um, with my family and I get a message in from someone whose friend is a friend of a friend is a nurse from somewhere. And they were saying how bad it is. And obviously I, I believe it, but there's a, a bit of a debate going on that, Oh, you know, you don't know who this has come from, so maybe it's changed. We've got you who's right there, in there, firsthand. I mean, are, are the horror stories or the stories about it being as as bad as
0: it, yeah. it really is? It- It is as bad as they're saying. And I think, to be honest, I mean, all right, so say a month ago, six weeks ago, I was the same as everybody else. I was like, well, what is, you know, this coronavirus, it's not going to be as bad as that. It's only going to be, you know, very old people that are going to be getting struck down with this. You know, the mortality rate is very low, la, la, la. I didn't really think that it was going to hit us in the way that it has. And I don't know if that's naivety or if it's just because none of us knew how this was going to go, but it is scary. And I mean, we have in the space of two weeks, almost tripled the size of our intensive care unit, which is just unheard of. We're getting people in, in their forties, their fifties, even their thirties fit and well before. And that makes me quite scared because you know, that that's me. So it's not like we're immune to this. Um, people are getting sick and we don't really know why some people are getting really, really sick and others are having quite a a mild time. But I think it's quite important that we let people know that this is really serious and it's spreading like wildfire and you just need to stay at home.
2: It feels like over the course of the last two weeks, our whole attitude has changed. I mean, certainly I was in America and hearing that, you know, it's just like the flu. Don't worry, it's just like the flu. And then within the space of two weeks, it's a very different scenario where, obviously, um, you know, we're seeing reports of. I think it was was she twenty one, the youngest yeah. Corona victim in the in the UK. In the UK, yeah. I, no I,
0: underlying health conditions. And this is the thing, you know. So, and for the, for the vast majority of people, yes, it, it will just be flu-like symptoms, and it won't be more than that. But for so many, it is worse, and we are just reaching our capacity already. It's if you look at the numbers and the graphs and all that kind of stuff, it, it's terrifying. And the NHS is going to be absolutely overwhelmed if it keeps increasing like it is. So even though your symptoms may be mild, you're going to pass it on to someone who's going to pass it on. You can see the numbers go one, ten, a hundred, a 1, thousand. And that's why it's rising so much. And you don't know of all those people that you're passing it on to indirectly, who's going to end up in the hospital and you're filling all these beds and we we just haven't got the capacity, and they're doing incredible things with like the XL center, and that's going to be some new four thousand bedded hospital, which is going to be basically a giant intensive care, um, and that'll be insane, and it'll be great, but even that's going to get full.
2: You know, this is kind of we're talking about Corona, but obviously you're dealing with people who have got other illnesses or you know emergencies coming in, and yeah. having to deal with what's day to day, and then this on top of it, does it feel a bit like? a wartime scenario, because certainly from our perspective, actually, that's what it feels like here it. It actually it. does, yeah,
0: it definitely does. It's very, very strange. And yeah, you're right, there, there are still, you know, everything else going on. There's still all the other problems that people were coming into emergency departments, into intensive care with, and we're struggling to look after them. So people are going to be dying, not just from COVID, but from other things as well, just because we haven't got the capacity to look after them the way that we once did.
1: So this message that I was referring to earlier was, is that, People like you are going to have to make decisions, a lot of decisions every day about who gets to have certain treatment and mm. the difference between trying to send people into intensive care or whether they just get palliative treatment. Is that real as well?
0: So, yeah, that's starting to happen now. And it's starting to happen, you know, this week. You're sort of um, not admitting patients that three, four months ago would definitely have been candidates for intensive care. And now we're saying, you know, look, they're they're too old they've got too many health problems we can't justify giving them a space when we've got young people with with no problems that that need the bed more and that are more likely to do well so that's starting to come in and we've got action plans that are you know looking forward and to when this gets worse and different phases and that those admission criteria are going to get stricter and stricter which is very scary to see
1: how hard is that to actually have to confront and
0: to see people on the wards and say, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to take, take you. It, it's really, really horrible. Yeah. Uh, and not something I ever thought I'd have to do. Yeah. Right. It's, it no, kind no, of no. runs counter to, yeah, it's, you never, you never really kind of think that something's going to hit like this, which is mad, but uh, you behind the scenes though, people are working 24 seven, the intensive care consultants, all the people managing it. It's absolutely incredible what they've done and the, The organisation, they're, you know, trying to get all this protective equipment for us. They're making beds. They're getting equipment. There's a huge, huge need for it, but they're managing to get it from somewhere. Oh, I don't know. I'm stumbling over my words. It must be an immense mental strain on you. It's it's all a bit mad and everything's changing every day. You know, the the way that we're doing things is constantly changing as the situation changes. Do
2: you think there's a level of naivety then? Just... I mean, certainly, what we were being told a few weeks ago. I think so. Like, yeah.
0: I, well, I think I think a little bit of naivety in that. You know, there's very much that oh, it's happening in China, it's happening in Italy, it's not going to happen to us. And is that naivety? Is that just human nature, just a bit of denial? But I think also we are we are adjusting our response as um, as more information comes out. As you know, we're doing fantastic things. All the numbers, all the sharing of data is absolutely amazing, and we're definitely. Um, kind of adjusting our response to things every single day as we see the cases change as we see what's happening and I think that's incredible I think actually I'm very in awe of what both the government and the NHS management behind the scenes are doing to to organize this and the consultants on the shop floor are making some very difficult decisions and uh, I don't know we're doing the best we can.
2: And how are you protected because obviously it sounds like it's incredibly contagious
0: so we've got guidelines on what levels of protection we need to wear so you know that ranges from a simple face mask and gloves for um, patients that are suspected or maybe more low risk and then as you as you're doing high risk procedures which is what we're doing in intensive care with things like intubations then we need higher levels of protection and when we've got a cohort of patients as we do all of them positive all of them on ventilators we are constantly wearing full gowns, gloves, face masks, hats, visors, which is kind of your full level PPE, as they call it, personal protective equipment. And then you end up wearing that for five, six hours. And there's been loads of shortages of that. So we're trying to be sparing with it. And once you put it on, you keep it on for as long as you can. But you have to leave. You have to get out of that environment. It's so hot. It's so uncomfortable. You end up with sores on your face where the mask has been digging in. Um, and I've got rashes up my hands and my arms from just washing my hands so much, having gloves on for so long. I mean, I have no latex allergies, no skin problems, but all of us, we're just, it, it's awful. It's just stings when you're putting on your hand cream, but you have to do it like 10, 12 times a day because otherwise your skin is just drying out. But I'd rather wear the protective equipment and they are, they are getting it. There's shortages, particularly visors at the moment, but they've drafted
2: in the military and it is getting to us just slowly but it's getting there right now I'm kind of incredibly choked and grateful to you Vicky for that <laughs> it's amazing what you're doing unbelievable
0: I feel like I'm a very small cog in a in a big machine but I I am absolutely I I'm in awe of, of what the the NHS as a whole is and everybody's pulling together the doctors the nurses everyone that's there and you know you wouldn't dream of being anywhere else you really wouldn't it's it's your job but it, it's just what you do really and on oh my god on friday night i didn't see it because ironically i was at work but the the clapping the applause everywhere so many people sent me videos and it was just incredible it made me want to cry a little bit it makes me want to cry now thinking <laughs> about it a little bit. it's just incredible and it, and it really means a lot loads of loads of people are um, sending love in the way of uh, sending food into the hospital which is great That's um, amazing yeah it, it's absolutely brilliant so we've had lots of kind of local nandos and pizza places have dropped in food but also people are just they're making cakes at home and sending them in uh, and then one lady lovely lady put a mobile number on the front of the box and was like let me know when you need some more uh, and oh. they're just they're looking after us as as best they can as to let us look after you guys I guess
2: I mean you say about being a small cog it's a very important cog but I guess <laughs> we all have our parts play and you're saying to people stay home It might seem like an inconvenience, it might seem frustrating for all of us, but clearly it is a very important
0: message. I think so. I think, and you know, you might not be worried about yourself getting it, but you've got to think about the fact that if it spreads, if it kind of carries on spreading the way that it is, we're going to be overwhelmed soon. And although we're trying to make these new hospitals and trying to increase capacity as much as we can, there will be a point if it continues spreading like it is that we just get completely overwhelmed. And the only way that we're going to, have any chance of of fighting this and not having the disaster that they've got in Italy really is is just for everyone to stay on lockdown. It's awful. It's really awful, and for your mental health as well as as well as everything else. But people have been amazing. I mean, the memes that have come out of this are hilarious. People are doing really creative things at home, and all of the fitness videos that everybody's putting up and making making the isolation manageable is. Fantastic! I think you really see some great things from human nature when when there are crises on.
1: It, it went through my mind a while ago, but obviously, when all this started, it was all you know mainly this is going to affect the elderly. People have um, health issues. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we have a huge age range at, at, at Barry's, but you know the majority of people who come are going to be in good shape um, on the younger side of the of the spectrum. Yeah, of course. but then you were saying at the beginning, like it's it's not just old people with medical problems which are being struck down by and, and actually getting hit quite hard by it,
0: it so it, yeah it's it's young people too and that that's the scary bit for me that's the bit that even i didn't really want to believe at the beginning but we are seeing it and it is quite shocking to see
1: and it's anyone like there's no real kind of rhyme or reason to so who it hits is that the
0: not field? well yeah not not as such I mean you know obviously if you've got underlying lung problems you've been a smoker you've got you know asthma things like that it, you're going to be a little bit of a higher risk because it's primarily affecting your lungs and we're also seeing that there's you know and that there've been reports of this as well that it, it is predominantly male patients that we're seeing female as well but there is a little bit of a bias towards men. They're doing loads of research into it. There's a lot of twin studies as well that are are going on and kind of with symptom reporting and um, things like that in the UK and around the world. So data will come out and we will learn more about it. And, you
2: know, we're really learning on the job at the moment. What are you doing to stay upbeat and positive in all of this? You must be doing something to distract yourself. So far, I've been, uh, I've been working
0: quite a lot (laughs) recently, but I've got a couple of days off now before I go back onto night shift. So, I went, you know, things like trying to go for a run, but the parks are absolutely rammed. So I've been doing things like yoga at home. I've been cooking actually, because everyone's going on about the shops being very short of food, but I haven't been very much. But when I have been, they've been all right. So I'm trying to do a bit of cooking, a bit of yoga, just a bit of catching up on reading, watching TV, anything in between, just really trying to have some downtime because obviously when I'm at work, it's pretty full on. But I was just happy that I get to leave the house, that I still get to go to work. I think if I was stuck in the house every day, I would be starting to go a little bit balmy. So I'd rather be going out. And I know at some point I'm going to get it and I'm going to have to self isolate. So
2: why do you say that? Do you know you're going to get it?
0: I think it's inevitable. Uh, working in the hospital as I am, being around these people all the time, as much as we can try and wear all this protective equipment, as much as we can try and wash our hands all the time, I, I think. The vast majority of healthcare workers are going to be picking it up. I mean, in Italy, I think that something like twenty percent of their whole uh, workforce was infected in a month. How
1: does it feel to be kind of like
0: to expect it? It's quite, yeah. it's quite scary. It is quite scary, to be honest.
1: Because you're because you're seeing it, right? And I, I've I've heard so many people be like, "Oh, let's just all get it, and then and then you know, then we'll we'll be okay." Uh, you're seeing it every day. It's not something you want to just get so you can get over it, right?
0: Uh, well. <laughs> I mean, it, it is and it isn't in a way, it's very strange because at the same, some part of me thinks I would quite like to get it now. So I have it and it's mild. And then in theory, I've got some immunity. I mean, we're not 100% sure about that, but we think that you're probably, you've got some immunity once you've had it once. But what if you were one of the ones that actually got it and were quite unwell with it? I just, I can't. And I also, what if I got it and I actually had very few symptoms or was completely mm. asymptomatic, didn't know
2: I had it and then was passing it around to people? I mean, I, I spoke to someone who had it and had no idea, like literally zero symptoms. Yeah. And, and, you
0: know, that that is definitely a thing. And that's why, you know, I I called my parents about a month, two months ago. And I was like, look, I am not going to see you until minimum August, probably later, because they're in their 60s and I don't want to be responsible for infecting them.
1: It's super tough and it's changing for everyone and life has changed yeah. beyond Recognition, uh, but, I it's, yeah, but It's, it's got to be done.
0: It has, and you know, it's the only, it's the only thing that we can do is to follow the government advice to stay at home and to try and prevent this spread. If we want to go back to that life that we knew before,
2: it's all a bit vague about what we're allowed to do in terms of going outside and exercising, like in terms of distance and how far we can go. Like, what is actually safe for us? So, what they, I mean, you know, what we're saying is that we're trying to stay two meters
0: away from other people. Uh, and in theory, you could go for a run, and that would be okay. If you can stay two meters away, you're not going to pick anything up from anybody else. You're not going to infect anybody else if you've got something. However, have you seen the amount of people that are running in the park? I went out the other day, and I been. I went once running, and it was just like a bank holiday in the park. It was a nice sunny day, and it was rammed, and there was no way that I could stay Two meters away from everybody. So I just cut my run short and I came home and I'm just trying to do stuff at home instead because it, it, it's just a little bit crazy. And I know that Italy have now locked down all their parks and I think that may well happen. I think the advice may well change in what they allow us to do and how much they allow us to go out. But, but we'll have to see how, see what happens every day. As I said, every, every
2: day it's changing, isn't it? Yeah, just to put this all into context, we, you know, obviously we're recording this now, but this podcast, when it comes out, things may have changed again. We have, yeah no idea in day to day hour to hour so um who knows it's crazy and that's that's quite scary isn't it really so vicky the peak of this obviously we're seeing peaks happening in different countries like china and italy mm. um and everyone's saying that we're like two weeks behind italy is that correct or
0: that yeah so that i mean that, that's what i'm hearing i uh, to be honest i don't know i really don't know all i know is what i'm seeing in the hospital mm. on a day to day basis and you can you can read all the uh, the things that are online the news articles the um, you know statistics and stuff online i don't know it looks like we're it looks like we're following them doesn't it you know in all the graphs and that i don't know so
2: just isolation surely by isolating people italy have isolated and locked their country down mm-hmm. but still it's rampaging through their country yeah. like, what's the reasoning behind that if you are separating people and trying to stop the spread of it It's still so virulent, and
1: people can still move around there, can't
2: they? Yeah, and I don't. don't, To be honest, I don't know. Are these people are
0: people already infected from before it was all locked down? Are people actually locked down in the way you know there there are rules there, there are fines in place, there are all these things. But but people are people; they're not always going to do
2: exactly what they're told in exactly the way they're told. Sounds like this is a time for everyone to really listen to the rules. I mean, (laughs) I think so.
0: I think that's all we can do. All we can do is listen to the people that have got. You know they've they've got more information than than we've got. They've got expertise in these things. In you know you know this massive crisis planning and and trying to prevent it getting worse. So it feels like you're doing nothing, but actually staying at home is is doing the best thing that you can. It's particularly for us. You know all the the people on Instagram saying the NHS workers with the slogan "Stay at home for us, and we'll come to work for you." And that's that's the best thing. I think the best message that we can give.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, my favourite one was, uh, you know, like our, our grandparents obviously um, went to war and all we've got to do is stay at home and sit on the couch. That's all yeah. we've got to do. Literally all you have to do. Or do um, a
2: Barry's at-home workout. Or that, yes. <laughs> that's, 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 to that, you
1: up. I, I feel like we need some context in this just because, uh, obviously, this is like the, 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 the current affairs. But, I mean, I think people who are listening want to know how we know you, who, who you are. The behind-the-scenes stuff, I mean –
0: yeah. So, I mean, well, I'm I'm a doctor now. I've been a doctor for the last four years and I'm working in intensive care, but actually for the last four years of medical school, I was working behind the Barry's desk and running off to uh, the hospital after my shift, probably much later than I should have been getting there mm-hmm. uh, because I'd come and open Barry's when it was just Euston and I'd get there at half five in the morning and I knew everybody that was there and it was a proper family. Um, and I was working there from when it of like February, what was it, February twenty
1: thirteen, yeah. So, 13, so you yeah. you started as a client, you started as a silver if I remember correctly. A still you
0: started remember. as a
1: silver silver monthly membership. Sil- I monthly did. or silver weekly
0: <laughs> No, it was a month. So I came, I remember I came to the first class ever with Barry J and I just came because I passed it. So I was I was at UCL, so I was at UCLH, which is right round the corner from Barry's. And I saw this sign being like, Barry's bootcamp, And I was like, what's that? And I Googled it and it looked pretty cool from the American stuff. And I saw that you guys were having their opening weekend in two weeks. And I was like, cool, I'll come down. And I did the class with Barry and I was like, oh my God, I love it. And I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to join this. I, I can't have that gym there and not be going to it. But I didn't have the money as a student to go. I was like, look, it's January. I've just had some money for Christmas. I'm going to do it. I'm going to just go all in, buy a monthly membership. And I absolutely rinsed the classes. I came like twice a day. I was coming all the time and I loved it. Um, and But I, you know, I couldn't afford to be doing it again. And I was really sad and I was hanging out with everybody there and everybody was going for drinks after class when we closed and all that stuff. And then it was Anya that said, look, we need a few more deskers. Why don't you come over <laughs> here on the weekends? And I was like, all right, yeah. And then the weekends, so I would do every Saturday and Sunday all day. And then... started doing a few uh, morning shifts as well in the week just to sort of open up where I'd come after uni in the evening and do the evening shift. And yeah, I absolutely loved it. And I was there for all the time I was still at uni and I'd even come back sometimes when I was in my first year of being a junior doctor just for New Year's Day I think because no one else wanted to work yeah. so I'd come and help That's out.
1: I remember J- James and I had a meeting with you when you were leaving uh, medical school we're like so yeah look we know you've been what, like training for four years or however long to be Six doctor. years so, yeah to be no, Six years sorry <laughs> so I've been training for six whole years to put into this but maybe you sort of carry on working at
0: Barry's. Yeah you're like do you want to just uh, maybe be a manager at Barry's I was like oh I, I quite do and then I was like no no I can't <laughs>
2: that's the thing once you're in the family you can't leave it's Can you addictive be- <laughs> it
0: literally it's like a magnet that place,
1: Vicky you're, you're like a proper like you used to come not just do the
0: class you smash the class I, I loved the classes. I was I think I had a bit of a probably had a bit of an addiction uh to the classes I think everybody that goes to various does it was it was great it was the only class I'd ever been to before was like a little spin class at my local uni gym. And then I was like, oh my God, is this what's out there? And obviously like, you know, boutique fitness has uh, exploded since, but Barry's was definitely the original one in London. Um, and I just loved it. And
1: what but what do you do now? Like, obviously you so still bu- incredibly busy, like doing yeah. at, at this current moment in time, you're obviously working over just crazy, crazy. Oh, yeah. to- at,
0: at the moment, all the, the shifts are a little bit mad. And um, I've been wanting to do, I mean, I know that um, I've always been going to Gemma's classes or like throughout, and I know that she's doing those um, uh, Instagram classes. Four Barry's and she's doing her own thing a little bit as well. And I, I'd love to do that, but I just haven't been able to commit to a time yet. So I'm planning on doing that. But otherwise, I've been doing still bits of Barry's, bits of CrossFit stuff I did for a little while. But yoga, to be honest, yoga is a really good release for me. So I do that quite a lot. I just quite like standing on my head.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. Can you do a headstand?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to learn all the little tricks. Basically, it's like break dancing, but in slow motion. <laughs>
2: So cool. Can you please send us a photo of that, Vicky, so we can put it on our social yeah. media?
0: <laughs> so outside
1: of COVID-19 and all that stuff, what's your, what what part of the job do you, do you do? And you're like, you know what, I'm so glad I didn't sack all this in and go and work for Barry's full time. What's your favourite
0: part of oh dr.
1: Jenkins
0: but being dr. Jenkins I nobody calls me a dr Jenkins first of all everybody uh, we, we all introduce ourselves with first names really uh, it's, it's it feels very strange even now you guys calling me dr. Jenkins because no one does um <laughs> but <laughs> our favorite things I I don't know do you know what I, uh, I love it all actually I love I love all of being there so I'm doing I've just started anaesthetics training the last two years and so that's that's kind of my goal is intensive care and anaesthetics and I absolutely love that it's a different side of of medicine to stuff that I've done before I've always loved new stuff and like new challenges things like that so I love anything new and doing procedures and things like that
2: ah uh, talking about procedures I have heard a rumor what's the most like random thing you've had to do at work because you must have um, a fun I, experience. Oh my God, there's a lot of, of
0: absolutely hilarious stories. And you know, Adam Kay, This Is Going to Hurt, that book.
2: Oh, oh my God, it's the
0: best thing. You guys will love it. It's basically this doctor who's now, he ended up <laughs> giving up medicine and he's now a comedian, but he's written a book and it's like almost diary format, just a very small book. And it's just the hilarious things that people would come in with and the things that they'd say. Um, you absolutely have to read it. The guy's a genius. Um, he's very, very funny.
1: I was reading, a, a, I want to give a shout out to a friend of mine who I was at school with who's a, a psychologist, but he's a, a, com- a comedian as well, which is what you talk about comedian made me think of it, called Benji and Waterhouse. And he wrote an article yesterday, I think, basically saying that the biggest, like, sort of disaster from this will be a mental one rather than necessarily a physical physical one. I mean, obviously, everyone's sitting at home and probably going stir crazy, or yeah. if you're on the front line having to deal with this issue, like you're saying, you, you get overwhelmed, you're um, working crazy hours all this stuff it's affecting everyone and matt you see stuff every day anyway so imagine you have a tolerance for um this kind of thing that maybe us civilians don't have but i mean is this affecting you mentally and what how do you kind of s- switch off so it's now you're, you're now on day off and after this podcast mm. how 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 do you just disconnect
0: i think it's really tricky i don't know if i ever fully can absolutely disconnect from it and yeah you're right there probably is a kind of a resilience built in and i've i'm more used to things like breaking bad news and and that kind of stuff but i'm i'm doing things at work like like saying people can't come to intensive care that previously could have come you know because they just don't meet the, the new stricter criteria which is hard to do and really it, it really gets to you and i think i mean my boyfriend's a doctor as well and he's working in Amy and we'll chat through things often You know, when we get back and it's kind of working through it and, and making sense of it a little bit. Um, but I, d- I don't think anyone really can can fully disconnect. Things like exercise and yoga and all that kind of stuff that I would usually do. That Often Barry's was my switch off because you go into that room and it's an hour and it's it, you don't have to think. Someone else is telling you what to do and they are pushing you and you are, at the end, just so physically exhausted and elated and it, it's great and it's a it's a really good switch off for me and it, i found that that was my kind of often my coping mechanism was exercise and now that that seems to have been taken away from everyone in a way it, it's tricky and i i think there are going to be huge mental health ramifications from this
1: it puts in perspective doesn't it like so i was come home after a day of work thinking oh you know as a as a business owner i have to make decisions the entire time and it affects people's livelihoods etc mm. and if you feel i feel the pressure of that and then I go into a, an hour of barriers and I'm, I'm not really thinking about anything. I don't have to make a decision. Someone yeah. tells me what to do, which I love because, you know, most of the time I'm having to make make decisions myself and tell other people what to do. And, and it's nice to just have someone tell me what to do. Yeah, I mean, uh, just in terms of perspective, I mean, that is nothing compared with what you're doing and having to make decisions which actually make a difference in people's lives rather than, well
0: i I don't know i think i think uh, uh, yeah you know it's it's a different thing that that we're doing and it's it's kind of slightly different stakes that we're dealing with but at the same time this is although this is you know massively affecting the nhs and things like that it's also affecting so many other people i mean you know people have just completely lost their jobs um or businesses have just gone under and they're just not going to be able to survive this lockdown and that's crazy i think i feel very fortunate to the fact that i've got a salary i've got an income every month i know that um you know financially i'm okay i'm I'm physically and mentally a bit exhausted but i don't have to worry from that side of things and everyone is being so kind and donate, donating food to us and helping us out but actually you know we we have an income and it's it, people that freelance people
2: or or their own businesses things like that it's it's terrifying that also, to put it into context, like how lucky are we to have the NHS? Like I'm looking oh, at countries like don't even America. I, mean, <sighs> I don't dread to think America or even um, you know India, like where people it is you know working to put their hand to their mouth literally, and so it's asking them to basically starve or <laughs> protect yeah, the world. I, so I, you know what's what's the right decision there? It's really heartbreaking.
0: Oh, it is, and I,
2: and you know it's it's times like this when you sort of think about what is important
0: and you realise that health is the most important thing above anything else really isn't it and I think the the amount of of support that has come out for the NHS is incredible and it, it just it surprises me every time how amazing it is and how everyone pulls together and it's not just doctors nurses it's like it's the receptionist the porters the radiographers it's everybody is still there and they're still doing their bit um, and they wouldn't dream of of not being there and not helping out, even the risk that they are at, because obviously you know coming to the hospital it, it is a high risk environment, and I think it's just incredible.
1: Um, I think it's a good time to mention what we're doing on on Sunday. I guess by the time this has come out, we'll already have done it, but people can still donate, and it's going to an amazing cause. And what we're doing, yeah. and what we have done, rather I suppose those who are listening now, is um, a twelve hour virtual live Barry's class, which basically on Instagram. 12 hours of non-stop non-stop working out. and We're doing it in aid of the NHS charities together which I think you recommended to us, is that right?
0: I did. Yes, I think it's it's fantastic. It, you know, all the the money goes to the NHS and um it it gets distributed fairly and it uh, for a very good cause. So I'm really grateful that you guys
2: are doing it. Thank you.
1: That's ah, at least we can do.
2: Yeah, it's really but I mean lots of people have been messaging in saying, you know, how can we support Barrys or how can you know, we've been really enjoying the live streams and the classes that you've been doing. Mm-hmm um what i say to them is just please you know click on the link in our bio and keep donating to these charities because oh, honestly you guys you frontliners are just unbelievable um and whatever we can do or people that can do at home just to support you slightly would
0: I think it's it's amazing the support the that's world. come out has been absolutely amazing
1: well out of interest what is the best like you know you said that someone has been making you cakes and yeah. the mobile number being like, if you if you need some more, let me know. What's, what, is the, what kind of things can people – someone sitting at home being like, what can I actually do? What is the most useful?
0: This is the thing. So there's, a, there's lots of, of people that have um, kind of created the, – uh, they, they've changed their business models because they maybe are restaurants or something like that, which have had to close down. Um, and now what they're doing and they're trying to continue employing people and they're getting donations in which to then employ people to make food – prep it, deliver it and distribute it out across the hospitals. So, um, the, you know, there's lots of people that are doing that. So there's somebody called, um, do, do you know the restaurant Barber and Q? So they've yeah, now yeah. got, um, they've changed their, their model and they're making it in Barber and U. Through that, they're, uh, you know, taking donations, they're giving people jobs, they're giving people um, roles and then they're making amazing food, like all packed up and, and distributing it to our hospitals. And there's lots of people that are doing that. What can we do from home? Is there anything? Donations to them, donations to to things like the NHS charities. um, And just, I think just if you, if you know someone that's, that's having a tough time, maybe just try and be there for them, whether they're in the NHS or not, just, just try and, my my mom's saying that here, years are burning because she's constantly on the phone to people, but just try and check in with people, try and, and keep that dialogue going. All these apps like house party and stuff like that, where you can have calls and you can just kind of FaceTime and all that stuff, just, Keep that going and be there for people th- as much as you can. And stay home. Do it from home. You know,
2: that's that's the other thing. Just just stay inside. And what are you going to do on the other side of this, Vicky? What are you looking forward to the most when this is all done? Oh, seeing my mum and dad.
0: <laughs> um, just going home, going back to Swansea, seeing them and giving them a big hug. Because it's been a couple of months since I've seen them. And I know it's going to be a lot longer until I get to. And I think it's just going to be amazing to see their faces. Oh. And having a bottle of wine in the park with Gemma. That's another plan that we've got. <laughs> Have a picnic, lots of wine, see each Can other. we come and join you, please? You can. Let's all do that.
2: <laughs> so, perfect time. With all our guests, Vicky, we've made them do a challenge, of course, because it's Barry's. I love a challenge. It's a quick fire round. Okay. So, we're going to fire a whole load of questions at you. Oh, my God. Now, as we are all doing this remotely, we can't keep our eyes on you, but we are trusting you. And you okay. are the super duper athlete that you are. So, pretty sure you're not going to choose. What should we get
1: to do? Oh, what about a tricep dips?
2: Oh, God, I hate those. Yes. Balls. I am going to time you. Okay. So when I shout, go, it's officially on. All right, let's do it. On your marks, get set, go. Go. Funniest Barry's moment. Uh, oh, uh, oh
0: God, do you remember that video of uh, was it Shane dancing? Or was it Sandy dancing? We caught him on the CCTV.
1: Oh, definitely not me. I, 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 uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, Sandy,
0: <laughs> what's your, what,
1: what gets you through your final sprint?
0: Oh, God, probably Amio screaming behind me, telling me to go faster or just, like, leave the room. Yeah, I agree with that.
2: Who's your Barry's crush?
0: Oh, I think we all know that one, don't we, Ollie Trulo? Oh,
1: Ollie Trilo. <laughs> Who's your favourite instructor?
2: Oh, Gemma! Gotta Gem. Barry's pet peeve. Oh, people reserving
0: treadmills before we were allowed to and they used to get their towels on all of them. You remember there was like a mad rush? That is. Oh, incredible. that's way back in
1: the day, that is. Um Favourite day of the week.
0: Barry's oh, Day. Arms and abs. Yeah, me too. Guilty pleasure. Ooh, oh god, it's gonna be eating something, isn't it? Ice cream, I'm afraid. I can literally like <laughs> demolish a whole tub.
1: Are you still doing tricep dips?
0: Yeah, and I'm really I'm a bit slower oh, now, but.
1: Let's have it
0: probably the way I stack the dishwasher if you ask Rob I literally just put things in the wrong way up and I try and not open it so oh, I do not
1: bad it. form on dishwashers that's <laughs> like. by the way this is how much an athlete Vicky is she's literally doing tricep dips and just taking plenty of time to consider I know
2: she's just, just chatting thinking, her way through it secret trick oh um,
0: I can do a I can do a good thing with my tongue where I can flip it round it's a it's uh, much better <laughs> throat, so I can show you
1: uh, give us a fact that no one knows about you
0: um, what's the fact
1: no one knows um, why do you always wear flip flops that's all I want to
2: know oh because I've got very fat feet they don't fit too very well flat yeah. feet alright we'll <laughs> flat back. feet or fat feet fat, um, fat, chubby, little, chubby little toes oh chubby oh, fat feet fat. <laughs> 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 you're done Vicky I hate to tell you this but I think you yeah it's two two minutes thirty I think you might be losing <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, that's impressive. It was two minutes and 30 of doing tricep dips. Good job. Oh,
1: after having just spent the entire night shift at the hospital.
2: <laughs> well, Vicky, you really are a superhero for all of us. So thank you, thank you. I think that's from the whole of the UK. Yeah, for sure. You're absolutely amazing, honestly.
1: Vicky, thank you so much for, for coming um, on and being no, our first okay. person. Kicking us Vicky, and-
2: stay safe, please. Yeah. I will. We love you. I love you too. I'm just looking
0: forward to it being open and I'll come back to class. I'm looking yeah. forward to that no,
1: a bottle of wine in the in the in the in, in the park, park, yeah.
0: Nice picnic with just just with wine. No can food, you just sure wine.
1: Can you make sure we're invited, please. So thank you so much for listening. You are now part of the Barry's family. Congratulations. Congrats,
2: welcome. And if you enjoyed it, please rate and review us and subscribe and keep listening. If you guys have any questions, you can reach us at Barry's UK and hashtag the Red Room Podcast.
1: So join us next week for another episode of The Red Room.